0: Hello, bonjour, I'm Mariette Muller, president and CEO of the World Trade Center Winnipeg. And today I'm joined by Joël Foster, who's the CEO of North Ford Technologies. Welcome Joël. Thank you Mariette. So today Joel and I are joined by Kerry Stevenson. Now Kerry Stevenson, you might know him as the founder of Ascent Works, which is now the Fabrication Lab, the Fab Lab. It's actually one of the largest Fab Lab in North America. But he's also involved with um, North Forge and one of the directors on North Forge. And of course, he is the founder of Fabaloo. And today we'll be speaking with Kerry about Fabaloo. Welcome, Kerry. Hello there. So, Kerry, why don't you start by telling us what is uh, Fabaloo and what do you guys do?
1: Well, it's actually a news service uh, on the technology of 3D printing. I started it as a a hobby uh, way back in 2007 because I was kind of bored at my job. And uh, it's just grown and grown and grown. And uh, we uh, now have a team of uh, three. Um, I've got a full time uh, editor based in the US. And uh, we get, oh, I don't know, I think we're hitting around 150,000 readers a month now. Uh, And it's all about 3D printing. We're one of the top three. Uh, news outlets for that technology in the world.
2: Wow. Now, Carrie, I have heard that you're one of the top international experts on 3 d printing. Why is your expertise so well regarded internationally?
1: i I wouldn't say I, I, I'd rank like that, but I, I know something about it uh, simply because I've been doing this for so long. I've gone to many many trade shows. I've used many different types of equipment. I uh, know many of the, uh, the CEOs of, of the different companies and, you know, they send us equipment to test. Um, you know, we, we go on plant tours or we used to go on plant tours. Um, so I, I know a lot about it and, and uh, uh, in the sense that I'm in a privileged position that I can see many different operations and equipment, whereas uh, a lot of companies are kind of like overly focused on their, their own environment and they don't really see much, much else.
2: How many people in the province are actually with 3D right now? I'd
1: say there's a lot more than you'd think. There is probably, I would say, at least a thousand uh, hobby 3D printers in town. Um, And then there's like I know one fellow who has like 18 printers that he operates on his own. Um, And I know there's a lot of other. Uh, industries uh, using it in in the comp- in the in the province as well, uh, simply because um, it's it is becoming advantageous to do so. Uh, we do have one major 3 d printing uh, operation in town Precision ADM uh, who operate uh, metal and plastic three uh, d printers and they're doing things at scale, uh, servicing the whole world. So there's starting to be sort of a, a little cluster here
0: in Manitoba, is what I understand. So you must be working pretty closely with the other ones, the other partners?
1: Um, you know, I, I get consulted now and then on, on different mm-hmm. projects, and, and uh, I'm very happy to help. I want to see the technology succeed because it's, it's very, very useful in many situations.
0: So I know from you, uh, Carrie, that you've participated in the past about um, the CES, like the Consumers Electronics uh, show that is a huge show in Las Vegas every year. And you usually have been there. Do you want to talk a little bit about your experience there and how you kind of saw yourself within that? And what are your plans for the future about promoting this?
1: The reason we went to to CES for many years was that uh, some of the vendors we cover were making major announcements. Uh, I think at one point there was probably over 100 uh, exhibits related to 3D printing at CES. Mm-hmm. And the reason they were there is is that at, at, for a time, uh, this was being considered as a consumer technology. So the idea would be, you know, everybody would have one in their home and you'd be printing out knobs for your dishwasher or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but that really didn't come to pass because it, it was actually a lot more complicated than than people thought. And so the hype kind of died off. And with that, the uh, 3D print vendors kind of uh, vacated CES, so we we don't go to that show anymore. But now it's more focused on professional and uh, industrial use, um, and there are different different shows for that. Uh, we were actually planning on going to um, a show in Germany this fall, which is the largest in the world. There was going to be probably over a thousand exhibitors uh, of just 3D printing uh, stuff, and um, unfortunately, it's been canceled like everything else this year. So we're looking forward to going in future years.
2: So Carrie, it's, it's interesting what's happening around COVID and the use of fabrication labs and 3D printing. And we're seeing a, a lot of that. So what can you tell us about uh, the use of 3D printers now and especially during COVID?
1: Well, I, I think what, what's happened is the, the pandemic has exposed a, a big flaw in traditional supply chains um we have we meaning all of industry have been focusing for many years on the idea of making the supply chain cost efficient so we would maybe go overseas and make a deal with the 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 cheapest manufacturer to deliver the stuff the problem is uh that's fragile as we've seen with the disruptions that that accompanied the pandemic and so we found uh, many companies and organizations were suddenly short of the goods they needed because these supply chains all broke down. Um, so then you'd think, well let's just make a new one but that's hard to do. if you want to make a manufacturing plant for something, you've got to you know build the facility and and set up the uh, the manufacturing line, which is also known as tooling up this this means you're building like um, metal injection molds and and it's it's quite a long process it takes months to do but here's the thing that happened um 3d printers are a different kind of technology that allows you to make a a part without tooling up you can like it's like a printer you just send a, a file to it and it produces the object and that can be done far far faster than it would take to set up a, an actual traditional manufacturing plant. So we suddenly found some manufacturers were considering using this technology for their production use. And this is quite a switch because traditionally, 3D printing has been used as a prototyping tool. And that's largely a sort of a historical thing because when the first devices came out uh, well, 20 years ago, they used very simple, flimsy materials that were not really suitable for production use. Now, that's all changed now, but, but a lot of manufacturers still view the technology as, you know, that's, that's good for prototypes only. And, you know, we're, we're going to do real production with other equipment. Well, suddenly, with the pandemic, they could not. And so manufacturers were forced into trying this stuff. And lo and behold, they could actually do real production with this stuff. And so there's been a bit of a, a change going on. In fact, even with the, the manufacturers of the 3D printers themselves, they also found themselves in the same kind of a pickle because they suddenly had uh, huge inventories of unsold printers sitting in the back room. And some of them decided, well, let's put them to work. So they became manufacturers by just turning them on and started doing uh, production of PPE, for example, or other things. And by doing so, they've demonstrated to the rest of industry that this actually is a viable way to very quickly produce new products. Um, You know, it's not as inexpensive as traditional manufacturing, but it's more robust and can be done quickly. And so you might see it used as uh, uh, perhaps a, a a fill-in while you're waiting for the real manufacturing to be put put in place i saw a really good example of this in uh, tesla's uh, manufacturing line Uh, there was a a youtube video where somebody was disassembling the the new vehicle that they were coming out with and and during the course of the disassembly they found this part and it was clearly 3d printed um and in a rather coarse way uh, but it was fully functional it just didn't you know visually look good and so the, the speculation was that what these guys must be doing at Tesla is they have some printers on standby by the, by the assembly line. And so if, if it comes to a point where, oh, my goodness, this part isn't quite designed right, they can instantaneously redesign it and print off samples to be used in the production line and, until they can backfill with the, with the uh, proper manufacturing later. And so that allowed them presumably, to be a lot more flexible. Wow, no kidding. Stuff
0: that is so uh, pertinent for today's society when everybody wants things fast (laughs) and well done, right? So that's very impressive. A lot more industries are going to catch
1: on to this uh, in coming years.
0: Exactly. Well, on that note, uh, Carrie, thank you so much for sharing all this with us. I'm not sure that everybody that's listening was so aware of what 3D printing is doing. The place it's taking in society and in our industries is very impressive. And you as being one of our our godfathers of of 3D printing here in Manitoba and around the world, uh, thank you for taking the time to talk to us and explaining to us the role that 3D printing has played and the future of it. So thank you very much for being with us. And best of success moving forward. Oh, well, thank you very much for having
2: me. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much, Carrie. I think that uh, people will start to recognize just how much talent and resources that we do have here in Manitoba.